in the recovery process, there can be a lot of change that happens as we move and work through the principles of celebrate recovery. But sometimes the people that we have hurt as a result of our choices may not be able to fully take in and trust the change that they're seeing. What do we do when the people around us don't see the changes that we're experiencing in our recovery? Today, we're going to talk about that. Welcome to Celebrate Recovery Official, a podcast that shares life change stories, courage, hope, and leadership wisdom, all centered around the Beatitudes and the Celebrate Recovery principles, where Jesus tells us, helps us to face our hurts, hangups, and habits so that we can walk the road of recovery and ultimately live out the path of freedom that He died, courageously died for us to experience the incredible gift of grace. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the Global Field Director with Celebrate Recovery. Hey, welcome. So glad that you're here with us today. I've invited my brother, Andy, who's the Fellowship uh, Fayetteville Celebrate Recovery Ministry Leader. Andy, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Hey, y'all. I am a grateful believer in Jesus, struggle with anxiety and depression, sexual addiction, and grief. And my name is Andy. Hey, Andy. So, Andy, as I was just mentioning, the weight of this topic, I know through the years, I'm going into my 18th ministry year. This has been one of those that uh, can feel heavy because sometimes we come into recovery because things have blown up in our family, our marriage, and we come in and we're trying to work the principles. We're trying to uh, surround ourselves with healthy people and and makes make the next right choice, as we say often in recovery. But sometimes... Uh, the people closest to us that we want to see and take in the same change that we feel like we're experiencing, sometimes that doesn't happen, does it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's always hard whenever I'm talking with folks uh, that are kind of in this spot of they're in the process, they're working through it, and people around them either don't trust the change that they're seeing or refuse to see the change that's around them. Uh, It's always hard because I, you know, I remember what it was like for me within my recovery, uh, thinking about a couple folks that, uh, that were really close relationships of mine. And, uh, and I think I had been in recovery for, golly, probably two or three years at that point. I'd gone through a step study. I was leading my next one. I was, I was in the process. I, I had some long-term sobriety. I was doing well, but there was a, our relationship hadn't changed. Hmm. There was still, while there wasn't animosity towards me, uh, like maybe there had been in the past, there was still just this, very obvious kind of low level skepticism towards everything that I said and did. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was hard because it felt like, uh, the relationships that I wanted so desperately to celebrate with me. Yeah. Couldn't see or couldn't trust. Yeah. The very person you want to be with you to celebrate that with you. Right. Yeah. Which makes it that much more painful. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, on, in my, in my bad moments, I could feel myself going, golly, well, why am I even doing this in the first place? <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, you know, I say in my bad moments because, uh, you know, it, it made sense for me to be feeling that with such close relationships, feeling like I'm not getting that acceptance that I'm longing for, but also realizing it's sometimes it was hard for me to see all the people that really were celebrating with me. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's interesting because it is, um, it there's, we're on a hold that space of, you know, when we've been in a cycle for so long and let's say, and you and I can relate to this. Our yeah. own choices have affected the people closest to us. If if all you've experienced is hurt, or for the most mm-hmm. part, it's not always 100%, but the majority of the time we felt hurts from our compulsive behaviors, our choices, it would make sense that it's going to take some time. And, and that's where it gets tricky is, we have a timetable in our own heart and mind <laughs> and, yeah. and sometimes that doesn't line up and match up with the person, the other person, um, which is kind of one of those heavy consequences to our choices and destructive cycle. But it, it's kind of holding that space of making sense of the good reasons why the other person yeah. might not be in a place to fully take that in and trust what you're saying. Are you putting this on? Is this genuine? Is this true change? Oh yeah. Well, especially if I've, especially if me personally have been living in a cycle of hiding, of manipulation, of dysfunction. Uh, if that's been my pattern of life for 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. And now for the past nine months, I've been way different. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would make sense for the people closest to me to go, all right, yeah, the last nine months have been different, but we got 30 years of track record here, bud. <laughs> yeah. And so, in, you know, that doesn't negate the change that's gone on in my heart. It's real life change. My, my sobriety, my recovery is real. Yeah. But there's ramifications for the ways that I've lived. Yeah. Yeah, I've talked about this before, but the, it's interesting. I mean, there's lots of studies out on this, but to our brain, you know, expected pain uh, registers in our brain the same as actual pain. Yeah. And there's lots of studies on this, just how, you know, you know, when you've had, if I criticize you 25 times, the 26th time your brain is expecting that. And, and if we took a picture of the blood flow to your brain, trying to get ready <laughs> for the pain, yeah. um, you know, borrowing blood, blood from the, the prefrontal cortex, feeding it into that limbic system. The limbic system is where we get our survival instincts, our uh, emotions. Um, but that place, our brain is getting ready to go get ready for the trauma. And expected pain is the same as actual pain. And so now if you take years and years and years of pain and rejection through whatever lens we're talking about to that other person um, in their brain, it's expected pain. They're still having the same response in their brain, which is fascinating to think about. Yeah, man. If I, if I turn around a corner 10 times and every time I turn around that corner, I get hit in the face with a baseball bat. Yeah. The 11th time I'm expecting a baseball yeah. bat. 
And it, it is amazing how our brain is like that. And so it, I remember in our, uh, you know, in, in my first step study, you know, you were in there with me. Uh, <laughs> we've talked about that. I'm not giving away anything yeah. on that, but, uh, <laughs> but I remember, I remember whenever we were going over this, this forgiveness process mm. of celebrate recovery. And, uh, I remember somebody sharing something along the lines of, uh, you know, I had to realize that the people that had hurt me in my life were not the enemy. Mm-hmm. They were just prisoners of war. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, that's a good lens to, to realize like the other people in our life, when we have relational issues that are going on, they aren't the enemy, Yeah. but there's good reasons why in there. Yeah. And sometimes, and actually one of the most healing parts of my recovery journey was being able to look at people that I've hurt that I had bad relationships with and go, man, I wonder what the good reasons why are that they've got some hurt towards me. Yeah. Understanding their story. Yeah. And the part I played in it. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll see that too sometimes where people will, you know, if they're in the middle of an affair that they've kept hidden you know, it's miserable trying to keep that secret and live that double life. And then when they finally reveal it, or maybe they got found out, there's a sense of relief. It's like, I'm so glad it's out in the open now. Yeah. Can we, let's just move on with the rest of our life. And it's like, (laughs) wait, wait a minute. You have been living this life and I'm just now getting brought into the story. And it's hard for me to make sense of this right now. I need you to give me space to, to do my own process of healing. And it's fascinating how we will try to project our own healing journey onto those around us, especially those that we've inflicted pain on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense because there's so much change happening so quickly in our, in our hearts and in, in our lives that sometimes we, we get a little, uh, a little overexcited about our recovery and you know i think you said it really well try to try to kind of push our healing onto others right i'm learning all of these things why can't you did it and, and it makes yeah. it makes sense cuz it's so revolutionary to us and it literally is changing our life but the only reason we got to where we're at is because somebody was patient with us and allowed us space yeah and we've got to be willing to do that for people around us. And it makes it hard whenever that is an extended time. Yeah. Well, and be aware too. I mean, I like to think of this perspective. If the enemy has had you in his grip, you know, through pornography or sexual addiction, you know, drugs and alcohol, compulsive behaviors and affair, whatever. And, that's been your lifestyle. And now you're trying to turn the corner to cut off, to die to that old self, that old way of thinking. Um, the enemy's not going to give up easy on that. Oh no! <laughs> and so one of the ways he can do that is to discourage us through our closest relationships. Like what's mm. the point? You're not making a difference. I mean, nobody sees the fruit, so you might as well go back. Right. Yeah. And, and that's where it gets a little bit dangerous. It does. Well, and that, you know, I've heard it from, from guys before in, in those, those places. And I've been there too, of that discouragement comes on and it comes on heavy for good reasons. And that thought of why in the world am I even doing this? And I was thinking to myself, like, 
that makes sense, but I've got to ask myself in that space the question, would I rather be in a healthy spot with hard circumstances yeah, or stuck in that same hell that I was in and the circumstances hadn't changed. Yeah. So let's talk about motivation because I think that's a key part. You know, a lot of times we will come into this because we're forced. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> if you don't go to a meeting, we're done, right? Yeah. And so our motivation early on is just to appease that other person. That can be either gender, doesn't matter, but we're trying to appease that other person. But how important is the motivation, the personal motivation, aside from what other people want around me? Oh, man. I think it's, I think it's one of the absolute most important things. And I actually wish I had a dollar every time that I've told uh, a sponsee or just uh, somebody, somebody in one of my step studies, like, man, you have to do this for you. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it, it won't work. Because our recovery, I think functionally when I try to do my recovery so that a relationship will be healed or so that somebody won't be upset with me, I functionally make that person my higher power. Hmm. And that's, it always makes a terrible higher power. Yeah. The only one that can bring us the healing that we look for is Jesus. Yeah, And so I... I have to want to change for me, uh, wanting to change so that a circumstance will be changed will not lead to lasting change because Mm. circumstances they're fleeting. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important because you know, if, if my motivation is so that you will be happy with me again, uh, the tricky part is if you, if the other person shows any pain Mm. if they put that into words that that's an indicator that well this is not working right yeah (laughs) it just kind of brings to mind that you know the curious posture that's so important do i really fully understand and this is so important for any relationship until i can fully take in how my choices have affected you and really kind of feel that in my own body, my own heart, my own mind. Um, chances are the the person that we've been offending against is not going to fully be present in that because they don't feel caught. They don't feel like it feels like, well, you, you dropped this grenade in my lap and then you went to go get help and you're feeling better, but you forgot that you dropped a grenade in my lap. Yeah. I lost some limbs over this. And I don't see that pain in your eye. I don't see my pain in your eyes. And it leaves me in kind of this defensive posture. Yeah. Well, and that's why taking ownership is so important. You know, we say it a lot, uh, especially to those, you know, it happens a lot with spouses or families of folks that are going into recovery. Yeah. Is, you know, the, the good news is that we can help. Yeah. The bad news is you're kind of in recovery too now. Yeah. By default, (laughs) by default. And that's hard for people to hear that. It's like, no, he's the problem. She's the problem. They are the, I'm not the problem. I'm the one that's been getting shot up. I'm the one. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but as a result of those events, you now have hurt that if not addressed, the same cycle will, will apply to you. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, and, 
and how healing it is for the person that offended someone to be able to recognize that, own that, and communicate that to the person that they dropped a grenade in their lap. Hey, I just, I know you've been so good to me as I've been going through this, but I'm realizing I caused you a lot of pain too, Mm. and I'm so sorry, and I'm I want you to find the healing that I've found. And I'm sorry that I'm forcing you to find that healing by my actions. Yeah. Well, let's continue that thought. Uh, As soon as we come back, I would like to kind of continue that thought on both sides of the coin, just understanding from the offender or the one that's been offended against. So we'll take a quick, quick break and we'll continue the conversation when we come back. So you're not going to be able to attend in person, the celebrate recovery summit in California. Well, we've got good news. We've got online tickets available for you to host and and do your own watch parties to join us via online, the Celebrate Recovery Summit. If you'd like more information on that, go to crsummits.com and join us virtually for the Celebrate Recovery Summit. Welcome back. Talking with Andy Petrie, the the ministry leader at Fellowship of Fayetteville Celebrate Recovery. I'm Rodney, the Fellowship uh, Rogers ministry leader of Celebrate Recovery. And, And I love what we were talking about right before break, just that by default, I'm in recovery and I need to stay curious about that. Yeah. In my own walk, mm-hmm. uh, because if I don't, what's the cost of that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so for the person that was the offender, understanding I am forcing this person to walk this healing journey. Yep. I didn't want to do it, but I got f- found out and I was the one that had the main issues. Of course, they're not going to want to do it. Right. And so I part of me has to remember where my heart was at the beginning of this process. Yeah. But then as the person that's been offended against understanding that, you know, we've been shot up because of the actions of another person and we got to get bandaged up too. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes the, it depends on the scenario and the circumstances that not every circumstance um, is going to be a quick fix repair. Yeah. Nor will it even be safe to go back into that relationship, depending on if we're talking about abuse or, but in general, um, generally speaking, we do have those scenarios that, you know, there's been an action that's been happening and, um, you know, I've got to own my part. I've been hurting the people around me. I've, I've thrown the grenade in their lap and it's caused a lot of hurt. I need to, my expectations, I think that's key to this, are my expectations that I'm going to come for 30 days and then everything's going to be great and back mm, to normal. Yeah. <laughs> and is that a realistic expectation to put on yourself? You're kind of setting yourself up for resentment yourself yeah. or disappointment. But also, is that fair to the the person that you've been hurting to just expect, well, gosh, it's been 30 days. You know, I know we were in this mess for 10 years or five years or whatever, Let's move on. We're, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Golly. I think a month is a long time when we've been in recovery, but it's a really short time in comparison to the rest of our life. Goes quick. It does. And you know, it, we got to give people space for them to just like, we don't want to be rushed into healing. We can't rush others into healing either. Yeah. Uh, and that's hard because I, I think the, the other expectation that I have 
that I can, I know I can fall into is that if somebody is still hurting towards me, Hmm. what is that saying about me and how does that allow my shame to come online? And so what I can do in that place is in my shame, try and pull them out of their pain so that I feel better. Hmm. And Yeah. Yeah. And so part of that posture, I mean, if I'm, as I'm hearing you talk, Andy, it's making my brain kind of spin a little bit, you know, part of that, the expectations needs to be, this is going to take time. God, this is your timetable. And we, we kind of joke around about this, but the, sometimes people come in looking for drive through recovery, Yeah, drive up, (laughs) tell me what I got to do and let me go on with my life. Yeah. And the reality is we don't want to go back to the way things were because the way things were was about deception. It's about lying. It was about covering up. It was about discounting the other, not seeing and not being fully present emotion, all that stuff. So we are trying to not go back to the way it was. We're trying to recreate something new to re, um, reframe, redesign, reconstruct um, a new and different life. And so that surrender, we're not just surrendering the hurt that we're the compulsive behavior and the hurts that we bring in personally. We're surrendering the effects of that that happen to other people to Christ as well, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the, the picture that's kind of coming in my mind right now, Rodney, just, you know, my wife and I just became home homeowners recently. And, uh, so I've been dealing with living in a house that was built in the sixties, which I love, (laughs) but there's, there, there can be things in our home that like, you know, they need attention, but maybe they're not completely present on the surface. Mm. I think about if we've got mold all over the inside of our walls, mm. you know, on the outside, we may not be seeing that we, we could probably, maybe our allergies are going on. We see some of the effects kind of inadvertently, but if we're really going to address that and fix that, what does that mean? Yeah. That means we got to move our stuff out of the house. We got to rip out all of the drywall Maybe mm. when we rip that drywall out too, we see that we've got some bad wiring that we've got to fix. <laughs> Gosh. And we wouldn't expect that to be changed in a week. Yeah. That's so good. I love that picture because in a painful, scary picture, but the deeper you get into it, the more it may expose and, yeah. and it's painful, uh, but life changing, right? I mean, yes. if it gets us, it's move. It's a different kind of pain. Now the old pain was misery mm-hmm. that kept us stuck and kept us from moving. There was no movement. And now it's kind of a, a, a new, um, kind of acute versus chronic pain. Yes. Moving us forward, painful. It's messy. It costs a lot. There's a lot happening here in, um, if, if the goal is to ultimately build a new room, yeah, then it's going to be worth it. But man, it's going to be a pain in the rear as we're going to have to walk around this mess. It's going to yeah. cost us money. We got a budget is what's the time. Can we even afford it? Is it going to be a six month or a two year pr- process? <laughs> and man, it's just, it, it can be exhausting. Yeah. Well, and I, I, in, in thinking through that, I think that's why it's so important. We talked about motivation before and just yeah. bringing it up again. We've got to keep the whole reason why we're doing this in front of us. Yeah. We have to remember that living with mold in the house is not a healthy way to live. Right. And it's going to kill us. Yep. And 
but it's also not just freedom from yeah living in that old dysfunctional way. It's freedom for what Jesus is calling us to. Yeah. Our baseline of our life is so much less than what God wants for us. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, that, and he's given us this process to deal with the defects and the hurt so that we can live a healthier life in closer relationship with God in real relationship with God. And when we do that and walk through that process and are willing to say, I want to walk towards what you have for me, God, hmm. that will ripple out into the rest of our life. Yeah. It may not ripple out in the way that we want it to, but ultimately we're going to be in a far better place yeah. than we were before. And it will be worth it. Yeah, it almost kind of gives me this picture of wait, how come this is not? Why is this not being fixed quickly, Lord? What you know, I didn't know it was going to take this long. It's almost like you can almost hear Jesus saying, "Wait, it, you wouldn't do this if you knew it was going to be hard, if it was going to bring <laughs> bring pain." Yeah, um, it's going to be worth it, but it's this is a big mess here, and it, it's gonna there's going to be some consequences to that. It's worth yeah. going back and listening to that series of podcasts with Angela Imhoff, um, just yeah. about the weight of consequences, but great conversations. Yeah. Just, yeah. So the, so what do I do? I mean, if practically speaking, what does that look like? If, if you got a guy sitting across the table and he's saying they won't see, they don't see the change and they want to throw their hands up. How do you encourage them? What, what can they do today to keep going regardless of what the other is thinking and feeling. Yeah. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is just kind of asking, man, what is your prayer life for that person look like? Mm. And how, how are you praying for them? And then the Hard second to pray for an enemy, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That that's why that whole prisoner of war thing that yeah. I talked about earlier was so good for me to hear. Yeah. So what does my prayer life for that person look like? And then second in a, in a prayerful way, asking, you know, God, help me to stay curious for the good reasons why yeah. they're still hurt. They're still defensive. And, and Lord, remind me of what I was like mm. in the midst of my pain. Yeah. And Lord, the way that your grace sought me. He didn't give up on you. And didn't give up on me. Yeah. Yeah. How can I be patient like you've been patient with me, Lord? Yeah. What I think through that lens of how the enemy doesn't give up easily, if he's had you in his grip, he's going to use relationships to discourage you, right? Absolutely. He's going to do everything he can. And that's that whole adage that any excuse will do. Mm. Don't make this an excuse. Don't let yesterday's mistakes in in denying God and not walking in obedience to God, which affected the other that might be struggling. Don't let that be justification. Yesterday's mistakes to make today's and tomorrow's choices of yeah. mistakes, right? Yeah. Don't dress according to yesterday's weather report. <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> Yeah, it's like why in the world? Why do you have a heavy coat? It's <laughs> seventy degrees, man. So, Andy, I feel like I want to speak to the person that is on that other side. Yeah, um, it's like if you're if you're the one that caused hurt, which hurt people hurt people. If you have escaped the notion of hurting anyone in your life, call me. I want to talk to you because it's impossible. <laughs> 
maybe because this other person that you're not seeing the change in that hurt you, that hurt is now hurting other people, maybe including that person. But keep keep the course if you're the one that offended against somebody. Don't let this be an excuse to, to exit stage right. But what do you say to the person that's on the other side that's been hurt and they're having a hard time trusting the change that they're seeing? Yeah, yeah. I think... You know, as, as you say that, what comes to mind is what I would tell anybody that's in the beginning of their recovery process is stay curious with yourself. Yeah. Uh, what, what are the good reasons why you are hurting in mm. this and have you allowed yourself to go there? Because mm. sometimes when loved ones have hurt us really badly, it makes sense but one of our defenses can be, I'm just going to harden myself towards all of it. Yep. And if I can do anything that I can just to make sure that that person is fixed, yep. then it's going to be fine. But you got to allow yourself space to be human too. Yeah. It takes our own focus off the wrong thing, doesn't it? Yes, If, it if does. my attention now is on making sure you're put together, I kind of lose myself in that. Yeah, I kind of fall apart <laughs> because I'm I've stopped directing my attention to God. Yeah. And and that's the right source with God. But now I've under my own power I'm trying to manage their behavior to keep them on track and you're not going to get peace from that. No, and it's never going to be enough. It's never going to be enough because let's let's be honest, there's there's probably a good chance that you've been hurt so much that there's nothing that they could do, say, or change yep. that would make that hurt go away. Forgiving and forgetting uh, is is not a real expectation for right. forgiveness. Forgiveness is a it's a choice uh, because resentment doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, and the healing is a process. Yes. So in the same way, the person that offended against you is taking it to the cross. You've got to take it to the cross. Yeah. Forget about them. God, I give them to you. I'm not going to minimize this. This is what they did. This is how it affected me. This is, this is how it's making me feel. And Lord, I need your healing uh, to be able to let this go. And I think, I think given your own self, uh, realistic expectations. Yeah, absolutely. In your own healing and their healing. Yeah. Well, and I think that's so good. That idea of taking that to the cross, you know, uh, we talked about this a, a while back, but the beauty of the cross is that when Jesus went to the cross and died for our sins, he didn't just die for the sins that I committed towards somebody else and the wounds that I inflicted on somebody else's life. Yeah. He also died for the wounds that were inflicted on my yeah, life too. We forget that. Yeah. His yeah. grace is big enough for all of that. And his healing is full and complete from mm. all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to encourage you, if you're on the other side of that and someone has inflicted a hurt on you, and again, there's different scenarios and things where it's not safe, you know, in abusive yeah. situations, but um, make sure you seek counsel on that before taking steps on that. But in the, just the hurt that we have experienced staying curious and, and here's what I'd encourage you stay curious about the possibility that God could be big enough to bring change to the person that hurt you. Mm. 
if you believe that gospel's not big enough to bring healing to them, you're never going to be at a place of peace and you're never going to be able to see change because you don't yeah. believe it could happen. Yeah. So stay curious. Just even right now, it makes sense why I just don't think they're ever going to change, right? At least consider the possibility that God, could this be possible that you could bring change to them? And instead of just cutting it off and discounting every little thing that you see, well, that's not true. It just acknowledge, hey, I love what I'm hearing, but I want to be honest. It's really hard for me to fully take this in because there's been so much hurt, but I'm staying open handed on this and and I'm going to trust God in this that I believe God has the power but the hurt is still so great that I don't know if I can fully take that in, but I don't want to discourage you in your journey. Keep going because I love what I'm hearing and I want to believe it. I just yeah. can't right now. That's yeah. a different posture. Oh no, you're just making this up. Oh, you're just trying to make everybody else think you're great. And yeah. that's a completely different posture in it. Yeah, it, it really is. And I love the way that you said that. I, I love what I'm hearing. I wish I could believe it right now, but, but please don't stop. Yeah. Uh, there's such humility in that. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I just, I, I love that. It, it hit my heart. Well, yeah. just hearing you, you say that. Yeah. And so I, I wonder what it could be like that idea of, could it really be the case that Jesus wasn't joking when he said that he can make somebody a new creation? Yeah. And then if you're on the other end and you hear that, yeah. You stay curious. If you're the one that offended and you're hearing that from the person that you've heard saying, I can't fully take it in, rather than your own defenses kicking in. Well, fine, that's it. I'm not doing recovery. Wonder if you could be curious of the possibility that God could heal their heart in his timing without you being in control. Ooh. That to be able to say, you know what? I accept that. Yeah. This is hard and it makes sense because I hurt you for a long time. And I'm just going to trust that Jesus has you and I'm going to keep working my recovery and, and pray that you will see the change as legit and know that it's going to take time. I've hurt you for too long. I accept that. And thanks for sharing that. It hurts my heart to hear that from you, but it makes total sense. Yeah. That's a different posture instead of being defensive on my other end. Right. Yeah, it is. And then I think also expecting, uh, having the expectation that I'm probably not going to get the affirmation and encouragement I'm looking for from the person that mm. I hurt. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I need, I need people around me. Yeah. That who's uh, my network, who's my network, yep. who's my sponsor, who's my yep. accountability partners. Yeah. They may be incapable of giving me what I need. And that's the heart of the amends that don't, don't expect anything back. Yeah. It's like, I just made amends. You're supposed to comfort me now. No, that's not how it works. No. Make your amends. Go to your network. Go to Jesus on both yes. ends. If you're not going to Jesus and saying, Lord, this is the hurt. I trust you. I'm believing in you. Then you're making yourself God of your own universe and it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Well, and also just realizing to that idea of making sure we're going to Jesus, the grace that God has extended to us is greater than any grace anybody else will extend to us. Mm. And that's the, that's the motivator for our amends is because, man, God, you have forgiven me. And because you have forgiven me, because you love me, because I'm secure in you, I can face these wounds I've put on somebody else 
knowing, Lord, that you no longer condemn me. Yeah. But you ask me that as far as it depends on me. Yeah. To live at peace with one another. Hmm. Well, I love that. And I want to close with this. Uh, this was from my quiet time this morning, Psalm 63, 4, 7. Um, and this was kind of the headline in my journal. To live a life of praise and thanksgiving is to live a life of open hands. And I love this Psalm 63. It says, I will praise you as long as I live, lifting my hands to you in prayer. Now, just imagine open hands. I can't receive if I have closed hands. So Lord, I am opening my hands, whether I'm on the offending or the offended side, mm-hmm. lifting my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you meditating on you through the night because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. So whether you're on the, the, offender side and you're seeking his help open hands lifted to the father whether you're on the other side where you've been offended and hurt um, lift your hands and praise open-handed and let God take care of that and stay curious to the possibility that Jesus could heal even this that the gospel could carry even this and bring healing so Andy thanks for the great uh, conversation man thank Uh, you brother love your heart and your wisdom Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that this has been a a fruitful conversation for you as we, whether you're on the side of offending or being the one offended to by another person, we just want to know you to know that there's a place for you. And we hope it's been maybe thought provoking and encouraging, even challenging as you face your own responsibility in the hurt and work this process we call recovery. If you'd like more information about Celebrate Recovery and would like to join us on this road, uh, please go to CelebrateRecovery.com forward slash CR groups and you literally can type in your zip code and join us. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope that you'll join us next time. Until then, God bless.